we will begin reading in verse 16. While you're turning there, this is the last service of Richard and Catherine. They are going to be moving, and so this is the last service, and we have appreciated uh, everything that God has done in their life. I'll never forget Sister Catherine running a vacuum cleaner in overalls in the modular. We were cleaning. I can't even remember what we were doing over there. That was a long time ago, and God has done great things in her life. And also never forget Richard doing some body work, and uh, God was doing great things in his life. And he sent me a picture uh, that had, it was a cop car, and he was in the back of it. And I thought, man, we're going backwards. God was doing great things. <laughs> he fell off the wagon or something, and here's a picture of him in the back of a cop car. But he was doing body work on it, so he's playing a game. And he's very, very thankful that he was doing the work on the car and he wasn't in the car. And he wasn't going somewhere. Those days are behind him, right? Amen. Praise God. And then you send a picture in the front seat. Praise. That's what God does. He takes you out of the back seat and he puts you in the front seat, right? <laughs> very good. So put your hands together. Let's show some appreciation to this couple. They've We've enjoyed watching God do great things in their life, and we wish them the best. And, of course, there's always a home away from home. So, amen. Praise God. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 16. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. That's what we're going to be speaking about tonight is the rule. That's the title of the message tonight. The same rule. The same rule. Whereto we have already attained, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, which means that to the degree of which we have attained, whereto we have already attained, to the degree of where we are, let us walk by the same rule, depending on where we are on that spectrum, let's keep walking by the same rule, let us mind the same thing, or let us be of the same mind. And so... We have already attained to a certain point or to a degree, and we want to continue to do that, and we want to walk by the same rule. So for a few moments tonight, I want to teach on the same rule. Everyone say the same rule. Amen. Walking by the same rule. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We ask that you direct us tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you, and we ask all these things in your great name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. Before you leave tonight, if you're on the building development uh, group, see us over in the side chapel just for a few moments, if you would. Brother Brian Gregg has some things he needs to speak to you about. Amen. Walking by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Of course, that passage of Scripture is connected to some previous passages of Scripture. And so I want to read those. One of the greatest passages of Scripture that you will find in the Bible is found in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse number 12, and it runs through in a continuous thought to verse number 16. In verse number 12, this is Paul speaking, and of course you know that Paul at this point in his life was a man that had a lot of credibility behind his name. There was a lot of things, a lot of water under the bridge. There were circumstances in his life, developments in his life that took him from being knocked off of his donkey on the way to Damascus to becoming a great, great missionary. And so he is coalescing in his mind all of his life 
and the things and the accomplishments. And he comes to the point where he says in this passage of scripture, verse number 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. What a great song tonight to start uh, this lesson here, to lead into this. I'm not looking in the past, and Paul says the same thing here, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in, if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Then he says, nevertheless, given all of that that we have just stated and talking about the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, let us walk by the same rule. And so the rule that he's speaking about in this passage of scripture is pursuing the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It is the greatest calling that could ever be introduced to humanity, ever received by humanity. And Paul says the rule that we should all be following is we should pursue that calling of Christ Jesus. Why are we here tonight? It's not just because we have disciplined ourselves and we come to service on a Tuesday night. It's because we're pursuing a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And wherever, to whatever degree we've attained, we're going to continue to follow that rule. There are people at different ends of the continuum. There are people that are so hard on themselves that they can't even get the muster, the ability to arise to the occasion to seek the prize of the high calling. It was Jesus seeing individuals coming and praying and the man that beat his breast and said, woe am I, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. And he was very humble in his approach to God. The Pharisees came and he noticed their worship at the same time. So there was a different continuum. There was an individual that was at the bottom and then there were individuals on the continuum that thought they had arrived and God was more concerned about the individuals that thought they had arrived than he was the individual that was at the very bottom. I would encourage you in the house of God tonight, make sure that you're humble. Don't ever think that you've arrived to the place that you forget where God brought you from or the difficulties and struggles that you've had in your life. Don't forget when you mete out judgment on somebody else, don't you forget how much God has forgiven you. Praise God. I'm in big, big, big trouble if I start meeting out judgment without realizing God pulled me a mighty, mighty long way. And I don't have any business trying to supersede what God wants to do following the prize of the high calling, thinking that somehow I have arrived. No, I've got to recognize I was at the bottom. I was a sinner. I'm saved by grace. The song says I was just a worm, but God saved me. Saved me. Save me. We need a good dose of reality sometime. Think about where God brought us from. Our life was dysfunction. It was a mess. We were struggling with all kinds of things. And God was gracious to us and faithful to us and didn't judge us based on those things. And he said, put it behind you. Let's move forward. 
be very, very careful. I need to be careful, even as a pastor and working with situations, that I don't put judgment on things without thinking about how much God has forgiven me. The purpose of the ministry is to follow this rule, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we should pursue. That's what we should seek. And Paul said, it is a prize. It's the high calling. And spiritual maturity comes when we pursue that rule. There's a transformation that takes place when you pursue that rule. I'm not just talking about speaking the words. I'm talking about the pursuit of the high calling of God in your life. There is a high calling of God on your life. Well, does that mean pulpit ministry? No. The high calling of God is a calling to be saints, every one of us. You have to be a saint before God moves you to anything else. you got to be faithful in the things that God calls you to be. Every time you see in the book of the epistles, you're going to find things like in Romans in which Paul says, I'm writing to the saints, called to be saints of Rome. God has put a calling on your life. Sitting on your pew where you are, you are called of God. And it's the high calling of God. And if God has called you, the scripture said the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Meaning that God has put something on you that is the greatest thing that could ever be conferred upon you. Not the accolades of men, not the accolades of the world, but God saying, I've called you to a purpose. And to a calling. And when there is a pursuit of that calling, there's a transformation. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's a reasonable thing to pursue the calling of God. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, Paul talks about being formed. What is he saying? He's saying when you pursue the high calling of God, God's going to transform you. He's going to form you. Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 says he's going to conform you. All of these things are found in the biblical record that when we pursue the high calling of God, there's a transformation that takes place. God starts forming us into being Christ-like. I want to be more Christ-like than Kevin Mark Bradford. Kevin Mark Bradford is carnal. I don't want to get mixed up in the carnality of the humanity and the flesh of who I am. I'm, that's why I'm pursuing a calling that is greater than myself. I'm pursuing the calling of Jesus Christ. I want to be conformed into his image, not my own image. Amen. This is one of the tragedies of a Christian world that once everybody and allows everybody to be who they are. I just want to be who I am and still be safe. Listen, God calls you out of that to transform you, to conform you, to form you into the image of who he is. And this is the pursuit that we should be striving toward. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. This was such a, a point in Paul's life when he was speaking to the churches of Galatia that he said, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I want there to be a transformation to take place in you. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. Everyone say changed. 
changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Meaning that I can never get to the place where I don't change. This is one of those conversations that people like to throw out there as an argument. I've been this way for so many years and I'm not changing. If you're going to pursue the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, there's a changing here as is evidenced in this passage of Scripture from glory to glory. God's always working on us. He's always forming us. He never stops working on us. He's always trying to conform us into the image. And until you're like Jesus Christ, exactly like Jesus Christ, you can never say, I have arrived. And in situations in life, you've got to be willing to stand and look him in the face and say, I've done everything that you would do. I've walked down the same road that you walked down. And if I'm not there yet, then I've got to still, I've got to still change from glory to glory. I, I need to move closer to that. Sometimes I get my own ideas of how I want things to be done. Sometimes my own emotions enter into the picture. And I've got an idea and a judgment. But my ideas and my judgments, if they don't conform to the ideas and the judgment of Jesus Christ and the road that he walked down and all the betrayal and deception and carrying a cross and the beating and everything else and he nailed those trespasses to a tree when you get to the place where you can say I can say I can do that and I've done that then God's still working on us and he's still forming us and he's still shaping us praise God this is what I tell people sometimes when they get in situations and circumstances that are abysmal bleak and dysfunctional what you've got to be able to say is that, God, I can stand before you and say, I have done everything within my ability and power to walk the same road that you walk. Even when I'm hurt, even when I feel betrayed, even when I am emotionally scarred, I'm going to walk the same road. It's not an easy exit ramp. I don't just exit off here. God doesn't just exit off of his road to Calvary. He didn't just move off of that, but he had a divine understanding and plan that I'm going to carry the sins of humanity, even when it's ugly. And that's what the ministry of a church is, and that's what they preach and should preach and teach and should continually try to impress and influence upon the listeners. Now, some people may say, I don't like that. I'm leaving. Well, if you leave that, you're on your own. And you can go that direction, you can go that route, but if you're doing it because of your own personal ideas or notions and you're not lining that up with the scripture and you're not following the same pathway that Jesus laid down for us, praise God. I'm talking about, I'm, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you an example of, I'm, I'm kind of dancing around some issues here, but divorce is, is a great example. Nowadays, everybody, if we, we just want to check out and we'll just check out, you better be very, very careful doing that. I'm telling you, I, we don't advise divorce in this church, and we will not. Never. Why? Because the ideal is God's not pleased with divorce. He hates it. I said he hates it. Somebody said amen. amen. It's a violence, and he hates it. So if, if that's what's happening, you, you better be willing to stand before God. 
and say, I've done everything within my power and ability. I've been walked on. I've carried that cross. I've been beaten, spit upon, betrayed, lied upon, and they have ran the nails through my hands. you got to get to that place where you're willing to stand before God and say, I'm comfortable with that. Marriage is the closest thing that you're going to get to to becoming Christ-like. Now, nobody wants to hear that, especially if you're not in a good relationship. But if you're in a good relationship, it's a good thing. But if you're in a bad one, praise God, praise God, praise God. Somebody said, y'all, that church over there, they're, they're okay with divorce. We've never been okay with that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not what we preach. It's not what we teach. And if you don't like the fact that this pastor is going to fight tooth and toenail for every marriage that he possibly can, if you don't like that, I'm sorry, but I'm not backing away from that. I'm convinced that the closest thing that you can get to as hell is divorce. Maybe you didn't hear that. I'll, I'll repeat it again. The closest thing that you can get to to hell on earth is divorce. There is no getting around, especially if their kids are involved. It's even worse. So you better be careful joining up with the band that wants to sever stuff. Because it's not a pretty picture. It is not. If, there, if there's a way, if there's a scintilla of hope, you need to reach out and try to grasp that and hang on to that and try your best to salvage that. Because if there's children involved, it's every birthday party, it's every, it's every high school graduation, it's every holiday, it's a mess. It's a mess, and it's not what God intended. God did not intend that. And so if you found yourself in, in circumstances and situations and you're here because of the tragedy of that, I'm not condemning anybody. What I am saying is we all need to uphold the idea. We all need to be saying the same thing. And what we should all be saying is you got to get that fixed. you got to get that fixed. It's worth trying. Don't walk away. Keep working at it. Keep working at it. Keep working at it. There have been situations in this church that seemed like it was going to fall apart. As a matter of fact, somebody came to me just months after getting married and looked at me and said, you know, I don't think I want to be married. Well, it's too late. Why didn't you say something during premarital counseling? what you. you know what's happened? They're doing good. They're doing great. They're doing fantastic. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And God strips away the credit from us, and he says, I'm a God that does signs, miracles, and wonders. I'm going to make this work for the glory of God. And so when it looked like absolutely a mess, I mean, it was a mess. There were a lot of circumstances and stuff that was intertwined in all of that. I look out and see and children that are involved in that in the house of God, you know what I say? I say, thanks be to God and to God be the glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I got off on that stuff, but that needed to be said. It really needed to be said. Praise God. So there's always a change. The point I'm trying to make here is Paul saying, we change from glory to glory. We're always changing. Every... It's fascinating. I was speaking to an elder, and we were talking about this. 
many times we talk about the, the struggles of young people and how they've got all these things that they're facing, things that, that one generation didn't have to face, social media, all that goes with that. And, and, and boy, they've really got to get their act together. And they got to, man, they got to build an altar and they got these, these are battles they've got to fight. And so we focus on that demographic. But here's what's fascinating. Every, every demographic, when you're talking about demographic in terms of age, has got a whole other set of circumstances that you have, have to deal with. Children have to deal with a certain set of ramifications. Young people have to deal with certain ramifications. Young marrieds and young families have a certain ramifications, especially when their children are young. Sometimes you come to church, you don't feel like you're getting anything out of the service, and you walk away saying, was that even worth it? It was worth it because you're laying down an example that you come to church, whether you feel like it or not. Whether you feel like I'm getting anything out of it or not, it's, it's important. And then, then you move into middle age, whole another set of circumstances. The kids are starting to, to get older. They're starting to make their own decisions, do their own things. You're worrying about who they're marrying, what in the world is going on, their careers and everything else. Then they move out. Now you have empty nest syndrome. And then, then you hit the, the elderly uh, ages. And, and, and this particular person said, I want you to know right now that getting old is not easy. And that is very, very true. I found that out one of the first times of going to... They had a breakfast, and they called the salt breakfast. So I thought I'd stop by, you know, <laughs> just sit down and, and fellowship with some of the elders. And, <clears throat> man, hearing about what they took and what they didn't take and what it did to your digestive system and what you could take to counteract that and <laughs> the, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I got fearful about even moving into that area in that age. And I, I, I'm seeing it now, you know, stuff starts happening and indigestion. You have to do all this kind of stuff as you get older and arthritis that's, starts setting in. You're wondering why you can't, you don't have the flexibility and the mobility. It's not easy. There's a whole other set of circumstances there. And in the midst of all of that, God's still working on us. He's changing us. He's conforming us. We're constantly being formed into his image. And it is the high calling of God to go through life, every stage of life, and say, I'm pursuing the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I know there's going to be different circumstances in every area of life, but I'm still pursuing the same calling. And that's something that we all have in common. What we all have in common is we're all here pursuing the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm looking out, and I forgot something, and I need to make a quick announcement right here. Brother Brian Perriott is connected with uh, Brother Chuck Roundy, who is in prison. And he's very lonely. He came to service some because of some, some circumstances in his life. He ended up having to go back to prison, and so he is uh, he's lonely. And so he's communicating with Brother Brian. Brian is uh, writing him letters. Um, but if there's anybody else that would want to put together a letter, you, you got to know where to send it and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes that gets convoluted. But if you just wanted to write it, put it in an envelope and give it to Brother Perry, he would couple that with whatever he's doing, and you could send uh, a letter to Brother Chuck and encourage him. So if you're interested in doing that, men, men. <laughs>
there's any men that would like to <laughs> that would like to do that, you can direct that to Brother Perry and he will take care of that. God, God is forming us, he's shaping us. And identifying with him is, is what's important. The more we associate our lives with Jesus Christ, the more we become like him. They say that when you're married to someone for a certain period of time, that you take on some of the same traits of each other. Sister Priscilla Casey, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. He was just over there laughing, and I'm, I'm just kidding. But you'll pick up some of the same traits. Why? Because you're, you're spending an inordinate amount of time around each other. And so because of that, you take on some of the same traits. When we align ourselves and our behavior with God and not the world, see, if, if all I'm doing, this is extremely important, it's so very simple. If all I'm doing is spending an inordinate amount of time in worldly things and carnal things, that's not going to, to, to help a gravitation toward godly things. This is one of the reasons why it's very, very important with like the, the most common struggle nowadays is how much time is spent in social media and technology. And what. If, if I'm spending all that time, it's, it's influencing me in a particular way. And, and so and an inordinate amount of time doesn't draw me closer to God. It's going to draw me farther away from God. The more that I am associated with him, the more I become like him. So this is why I'm trying to identify my life and align my life so that it's not an alignment with the world, but it's an alignment with the things of God. Not that I think that I am Christ because I know that I'm not, but I'm defining myself as a believer of Jesus Christ. And there's an indication of that something that I'm pursuing, that high calling, and there's an action that is associated with it. There should be an indication in my life, and there should be an action in my life. This is played out. An indication means there's an identity with who Jesus is, and the imperative is the action of an ongoing, everyone say ongoing, an ongoing rejection of the world. If I'm going to be in the image of Jesus Christ, there's going to have to be an ongoing rejection of the world. Every single day, the world tries to influence me. Every single day, there has to be an ongoing rejection of that and say I'm pursuing spiritual things, godly things, not carnal things, not fleshly things, but I'm pursuing godly things. This is played out in Romans chapter 6. Verses 1 through 10, it's the indication. These are the things that God has done. Verse number 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We're not walking to the old pattern. We're walking in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, 
that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So there's all of these indications. Jesus has done these things, and these are the indications in my life. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. These are the indications. And then there is the action. There is the imperative. Verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So what Paul is saying, God has done some great things there. There's some, there's some indicative things there that God has done. And that should be applied to every person's life. But not only those things to your life that indicates that God is doing these things, but you're putting into action some things. There is an imperative. I am crucified with Christ, not yet I, but Christ lives in me. I'm defining my life as not part of the world, but I'm defining my life as a part and a conformity to God. Paul counted his accomplishments as the lowest strata of his life. We get this mixed up. We take the accomplishments and we put them and supersede them above everything else. Paul's saying that is, he said, it is but dung. It is refuge. All of my accomplishments, all of my education, all my heritage, all the richness of my Jewishness is, is the bottommost layer. The accomplishment is I'm pursuing the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The accomplishment is God working in my life and conforming me to his image and not my own. The accomplishment that is the main priority is I'm pursuing the prize. I want to be righteous. I want my members to be righteous, not members of unrighteousness, but members of righteousness. I want to be an instrument to God that plays beautifully, that God conforms to his image and not my own. Praise God, praise God, praise God. This is the pursuit that each and every one of us should take forth and understand and recognize it's an opportunity. This is what I'm doing. This is what I was born for. This is what I breathe. This is what is my inspiration. I want to be a saint of God called of God. I want the calling of God to be on my life, not influenced by the world, but influenced by his power and his ability. As we stand together in this house, I want us to clap our hands I want us to lift our hands. I want us to lift our voice. And I want us to ask God to help us. Help us pursue a calling. A calling that you have put in our lives. Hallelujah. The more we associate with him, the more we become like him. This is why we pray. This is why we come to the house of God. This is why the word of God is so very important. Because the more time I spend with him. The more time I become like him. Praise God. I'll never forget sitting at a stop sign. And a gentleman walked by in the crosswalk. He was a unique looking guy. And right behind him 
was his son. His son was a unique looking little guy too. Walked like, talked, just looked exactly like his dad. And I remember saying, like father, <laughs> like son. I mean, they looked, they looked so much alike. The more time you spend around somebody, the more time you're influenced by them. Peyton was looking through pictures and he was saying, Dad, I don't get it. Why is my head so much bigger than your head? You got a peanut head. Well, you got a rock head, bro. What's wrong with you? That's because you take the traits of the Frost Cider family. That's not a bad thing either. That's a good thing. The more time we spend around people, this is, this is very important. This is why you need to get around people that are good influences on your life and take on their traits. Sometimes people get into relationships, and I'm coming to a close here, but they get in relationships where they're the superior, and the only way that they can operate is if they feel superior to everybody else that's inferior. And that's okay. You're going to have friends like that because everybody needs to come up a little bit. But you need to get around people that also challenge you. Something's wrong if all you can hang out with is people that you, you feel are inferior. That, that's, a, that's a serious case of insecurity. And insecurity's not a good thing. <clears throat> get around people that are gonna elevate you. Praise God, I, I wanna get around people that are gonna bring me up. <laughs> because, <laughs> I may be a legend in my own mind, and I may, may have a lot of room for growth. But because I'm operating with people that I feel are less and, and they're inadequate to me, I'm not, I'm not pursuing what I need to pursue. And this is what, I mean, to come from Paul, who was a giant in the faith, and Paul said, me, Christ. Me, Christ, me, Christ. I've got, I've got so much more I've got to attain. I haven't yet attained it, but I am, I am pursuing it. The rest of us are looking at, and, and, and we feel like, man, we aren't anywhere near what the Apostle Paul was. And Paul said, listen, it doesn't matter where you are in the degree of where you are. We're still following the same rule. So wherever you are in that degree, keep pursuing the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Keep pursuing. Keep pursuing. Amen. You know what we tend to do, based on our own carnal nature? We tend to try to tear down people. In the Philippines, we had a, a great session, a cultural session. Somebody come over here. Come over here. Over there. Help me out here. Uh, we had a multicultural session where we talked about these are some pros of Americans. This Americans are very independent. Americans are patriotic, and we listed some things, and then we listed some things about the Filipinos, and the Filipinos are very hospitable, uh, and we pointed out all the pros. Somebody quickly. And then we talked about some of the cons, you know, with, with everything that is a pro, a positive, there are some things that are negative. And the, and the things that came out that were negative on the Filipino side of the equation is, Brother Michael, who is a Filipino, he said, we have a crab-like mentality. 
And so what, what did that mean? And that, what that meant is, he said, you know, like a crab trying to get out. Every, everything is connected to fish and, and, and what have you, and so they, they can understand it. A crab trying to get out. He said, Filipinos, when the crab's trying to get out, Filipinos will grab the crab and pull the crab back down in the basket because where are you going? We're all in this thing together. You're not supposed to be leaving. That's the opposite of American understanding, right? We're the crab trying to get out. Somebody starts pulling it up. Hey, leave me alone, man. I'm going to leave you out. I'm not staying down there. I'm going over here because we're independent. That's the way we think. Filipinos are much more communal. And so he recognized that's a problem because when people are trying to move forward and better themselves, what we tend to do is pull them back down because we don't like that. Paul said, to whatever degree you are, follow the same rule. If somebody is progressing and God is using them, don't pull them back down. Encourage Encourage their upward mobility in Christ and say, man, I'm glad to be a part of a church that's got talented people rather than trying to pick at and pull them back down to try to make yourself feel good. Oh, man, this is really, really good stuff, and we could spend a lot of time here. It's natural tendency to try to pull people down. Don't do that. That's damaging you. Let those things that come at you that cause you to be negative, take inventory and say, now, wait a minute, how can I become better in my own self rather than try to pull down to the same, somebody the same level? Paul said to whatever degree he, he was noticing, even Jesus said, there's some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. There's different levels. To whatever degree... Follow the same rule. Wherever you are, keep pursuing the prize of the calling of God. It's a high calling. He's got it. He's got it. Let's, let's pray right now. Let's ask God to help us pursue the high calling. God, I thank you and praise you. The more I spend time with you, the more I become like you you and worship you. Help me. Come on, let's pray that together in conclusion here tonight. God, help me to be that. Help me to be conformed to your image, to be transformed into what you are wanting to mold and shape. I want to walk by that same rule. No matter what degree I am, tomorrow's another day, another opportunity, Lord. Hallelujah. Use me in the kingdom of God for your glory and Give me the mind of Christ. My, there's so many voices in a world that can influence. And sometimes I, I think I'm not even thinking right. God, help me get into the sanctuary. Praise God. Get into the place of your anointing and your presence so that I can see things clearly. Like the psalmist that said, I looked around and I almost became defeated until I entered into the sanctuary. Praise God. Then I realized therein, I thought the wicked were successful and prosperous, and it caused my feet almost to well nigh slip. Hallelujah. Until I walked into the sanctuary, and the presence of God and the anointing of God touched me and impacted me in such a way, and I realized, I realized they're not on the right path. They're not going the right direction. They're following the wrong rule. But God, in the house of God tonight, give me the ability to say, I want to follow that rule. 
want to be directed by that way. Praise God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, just for a few moments. Let's, let's linger right here just for a minute. God, I thank you and worship you. I want to identify in the power of your resurrection, but also in the